welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the sacred texts of the expanded universe, the former canon, the forever canon. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week, we're going to talk about chapters 21, 22, and 23 to wrap up Bloodlines, the second book and Legacy of the Force. But first, bum bum bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, Jaina refuses Jason's order to kill. Ben ends his innocence. Myrta is Fett's granddaughter. Omas is nearly ready to declare war. That was last week. This week on Forever Canon, we're going to talk about Chapter 21. And it starts with one of those intro, insert, excerpt, little blurby blurbs. And I'm going to read it to you. The Galactic Alliance has offered settlement terms to the new government of Corellia. We hope that those terms will be accepted and that we can put an end to the blockade. We do not want war. This is our last chance for unity. Calamos putting the screws to Corellia, putting the ball right in their court. We offered a settlement. We don't want war. AKA, don't blame us for what happens next. Yeah, and he uses terms. Yeah, I mean, here's what you have to accept, right. or we're gonna kill you. Exactly. Kind of is what that. I that mean, is. that was a poorly written speech. You know what? They're trying to wash their hands. They're trying to trying to put on the public face that like we have to do. What we have to do. We don't want to do this, and he doesn't. No. I mean, some people in the government do, but he doesn't. But the chapter really starts. On Coronet, Corellia, with Boba Fett alone in the cockpit of Slave One. Now gone from having just a living daughter to having a dead daughter and a living granddaughter. <laughs> Big twist. Whom he seems to have now abandoned instantly. Yep. He says she's back at Han and Leia's apartment for all he, quote, knows or cares. I, great. For all this, all this time that he's been with her, and he's like, I kind of like her, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, this giant traumatic event has driven a wedge in between it's them finally, in, their, in their early relationship. It's finally put him over the edge of his emotional vulnerability. He's right. like, I don't care anymore. He was I'm he done. was on the bleeding edge of it already, as it was all along yeah. the way. Just doing, oh, hanging in there. Oh, someone's in my cockpit, and they're not tied up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I took my helmet off and she looked at my face. <laughs> but now their 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 young relationship has been driven apart by you know, the news that their family and their only link is dead. All that regret though about abandoning his wife and daughter apparently has not quite broken through. The, sh the new shock yet. It's not quite through yet. Boba's getting the info that Leia left out from Goran Bavine. The info is simple. Jason Solo killed Aelin with the Force. And Fett's first yeah. thought <laughs> is to kill the hell out of Jason Solo. But... He has a second thought. He does. Imagine that <laughs> for a bounty hunter. As Bavin keeps talking, he realizes there's more revenge to be sought from the entire Jedi Order and the entire Solo family here. 
How? Simple. <laughs> By letting Jason walk the path he's clearly walking. Tear everybody apart from inside, he says. By letting him live long enough to turn to the dark side. Boba Fett, one more reason for me to stay alive, he says. <laughs> one more reason to beat this illness and find this cure. Must be that soft new grandpa heart, huh? He's just, ah, you know, I won't kill him. I'll just let him live and ruin his own life. It seems very, seems very lucky for Jason. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know? Is he also, I mean, if he's Jesus, I guess, right? <laughs> As he claims to now, he's now claiming he's the second chance for the force to correct itself, a.k.a. Space Jesus. And if that's the case, Freaking then guy. he would be probably pretty lucky, right? Like, fate would drop the dominoes in your favor more often than not. At and least that's it, how you would think, this anyway. this example where, like, Hey, the most dangerous bounty hunter in the history of of living things decides to not kill you after you murder his daughter. Yeah. I get it. Like, his reasoning is sound. The kid's going to ruin his own life. But definitely... you're literally a, a, a murderer by trade. You're not going to go ply your trade on that kid? I don't know. Seems yeah. lucky. Does seem a little lucky. It's But... It's also extremely cruel as far as Boba Fett goes because he's mm-hmm. going to let Jason destroy his whole family and his order. And you know what? To that point about it being cruel, that's not very Boba Fett. No, it's he not. He is very much like quickest, painless death I can give you type of thing. Yeah. And so in this case, I guess he is kind of uh, stepping up the evil a notch to uh, torture, to self-inflicted torture, I guess. But we cut to... Karelian exclusion zone with the Falcon inbound. Jason is flying the Falcon with 3PO. The Nogri lay as bodyguards. I think they come up more moving forward. Meewall and Cockmame. Oh, and he's also got Aelin's corpse on the Falcon. Han and Leia dock their shuttle to the Falcon and come aboard with questions. Understandably so. <laughs> you know, after their last conversation... There's questions to be asked. Jason says Leia talks to him like a child who's done something wrong. She's like, anything you want to tell us? That's what she's saying. Anything you want to tell us? Which, you know what? That's pretty funny for a 31-year-old murderer. I don't think there's anything he wants to tell you. Jason's like, he's just like, nope. Killed someone who was trying to kill you, though. Yeah, that kind of keeps slipping under the radar, doesn't it? Like, Yeah. She was hired to kill them. As much as... You're not supposed to kill people when you're interrogating them. She was hired to murder his, not just his parents. She's hired to murder his whole family. Yeah. You can understand (laughs) why he could go over that edge. Right. And I think that's why, again, as we talk about how like people keep giving him the benefit of the doubt all the time, I think it's things like this where there are extenuating circumstances that kind of justify going too far. Yeah. And so as much as it looks like he's walking the dark path, it also is just like could be incidental. Like it could be on a case by case basis. He's just <laughs> been making the wrong choices because he's emotional. Right. Um, Mara thinks it's because he's got a girlfriend. You know, maybe in this instance, Han and Leia think it's because 
they don't say any of this, so I guess I'm applying subtext. That doesn't really count. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. And you know what? Let's carry on because they really don't give him the benefit of the doubt anymore here. No, and... Even though she was trying to kill his parents, they asked to see the body. They see Aelin's bruised and beaten face, clearly victimized in her interrogation, and his parents are shocked. And Jason has a thought. This is the price you pay. He could almost hear Lumaya reminding him, but it would take a long time for him to forget the look of utter betrayal on his mother's face at that moment. This felt like his lowest ebb. Han won't even speak. So Jason starts prodding him. Right away, he's like, did you did you really kill Thraken? Han says, maybe being a cold-blooded killer runs in the family. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> Get some space sab for that space burn, because... That's going to hurt. Get that back to on there. <laughs> Han does say something, though. He has some parting words. I don't know who you are, but you aren't my son anymore. My Jason would never do the kind of stuff you do. Get out. I don't want to know anymore. Jason's last sight of his parents was his father turning his back and his mother standing by the hatch as the doors closed, staring at him as if she was about to burst into tears. Dad's right. What am I? He shook off the misery and shame as one of those weaknesses of the old Jason Solo and reminded himself that his life wasn't his own now. His destiny was Sith. I think that's a pretty telling passage right there where he is... He does have, like, like where he says, Dad's right, what am I? Like, he has this awareness of, like, clearly I'm not doing the right thing. Yeah, of his transformation, anyway. Like, clearly killing this prisoner wasn't right. He knows killing Nelani slash Nelani <laughs> isn't <laughs> right. But he does it because he's resigned to the fact that this is what he has to do to save the galaxy. But what if that's not true? What if that vision he had was put there by yeah. the Queen of Illusions herself, Brisha Seo slash Lumaya. And his whole slash Shira Bree. His whole wanting to control everything to direct the the galaxy in the right direction is completely contradictory to uh he reminds himself that his life wasn't his own. Right. So is that like he's saying, okay, well, I'm not living my life for myself or is I'm just along for the ride now? Well, I think it's like, it's more the resignation where he's like, I have to do the things to fulfill the path to save the galaxy. Because remember, the whole thing was that he had the vision of if I don't become a Sith, I kill Luke Skywalker and the galaxy falls apart. That was his vision. Yeah. The whole thing is based off the fact that he doesn't want to kill Luke Skywalker. But he's yeah. willing to become a Sith and kill a many great number of more people instead. Like, that's that, that tricky bond that the Jedi have of the, the mixed loyalties all the time, it's, right? It's that, or is it Jason seeing Luke as... 
Luke by himself is better than a million regular people. Pro. Well, I mean, he is. I mean, but have you seen his hair? <laughs> have you seen the man's beard lately? He looks amazing. But I think I just think that that whole passage there is really telling, and that's like that's a pretty major turning point, I think, right there, where. As much as we were just talking about how Han and Leia and everybody else keep giving him the benefit of the doubt, watch now. His yeah. parents just turned their backs on him literally and shut the door in his face. Yeah, Han said, get away from me. Watch what happens now. Watch how quickly everybody else stops giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying this from memory. I'm saying this from a narrative standpoint. Like, we're coming near the end of the first arc here. Like... This is the end of book two. Yeah. We've got one more book to get us through the first arc of the three arc story. So by the end of the first arc, he has to be done falling. Because, yeah. uh, well, not not be done falling, but he has to be done. It has to not be in question anymore. It has to be set in stone. So by the end of the third book, it's he's going to be cut off from everybody. I'm I'm guessing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe we'll save we'll save this conversation for the the review and preview in the next episode where we actually talk about book three. But anyways, <laughs> those are my thoughts. But there is also more interesting text here where after this, his parents shut the door in his face and tell him to get out, Jason reaches out to Tenel Ka and his daughter Alana because he's hurting. Yeah, he's sad, so he reaches out to his love and his daughter. Being a Sith hurts. But wait. Let's go back to the door slam in the face move. I guess space hatch close in the space mm-hmm. face. Is Han not being a massive hypocrite? Oh, yeah. Because did he not just try to choke a man to death with his bare hands to protect his family? Yeah. He did. He jumped the desk. He was on top of Thrak and Sal Solo, choking him to death with his hands and talking shit to his face while he was trying to murder the guy. And then he couldn't, or at least hadn't gotten to that point yet. Murta ended up shooting him in the head. Yeah. Then Boba Fett shot him. And then Han still shot him. <laughs> yeah. So. What's worse? He shot his dead. He, he strangled a man and then shot the dead body. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I hear your question, but I don't even think it's a question of what's worse. I think it's just a question of how is he being a hypocrite? Yes or no? Three, uh, two, yeah. one. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He's mad at Jason because Jason battered battered somebody and killed them to protect his family. But did he do it to actually protect his family? Well, he did it because... Or was that an afterthought? Here's a question. Did he kill anybody else? Or was it only the bounty hunter that was sent to kill his whole family? Because so far, that's it, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. In that context, he hasn't treated any anybody else like that. That's his first interrogation, though. <laughs> well, that we see. That we're <laughs> that privy we know, to that in we the know right? Yeah. Actually, it's not. Him and... He and Nalani and Ben... Uh, interrogate Brisha Sayo back. Oh yeah, back in the GAG headquarters in the last book or whatever. But that was anyways. before he was resigned to his. Sith well, he destiny. didn't kill her. Yeah, <laughs> and she was way worse than Aelin <laughs> Habur. Okay. My point being, though, I think, I think this is like a this is like a parent thing, where 
how like how bad does Han just want his kids to be better than him? Like you, you don't want your kids to have to do the bad things that you have to do to make their life good. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? In 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 your mind as a parent, anyways. But like, that's not the reality of life. Life is dynamic and and, and it's fluid and it changes in the middle of generations and from generation to generation. You can't do anything to prepare the next generation for anything specific, but like how badly does he just want his kid to be better than him? How bad is he feeling about what he just did? Yeah. And it's probably like the two, the two emotions combined are just shutting him off of Jason now, you know? Yeah. He, he, there's no way he doesn't feel guilty about what happened to Thrak and Sal Solo. Because if he feels bad about what happened to Boba Fett's daughter, a man who's been trying to kill him for 40 fucking years, why would he not feel bad about his own cousin, even if his cousin was a bit of a dick? And then finally cross that line one time to try to kill him. It's all very hypocritical. It really is. Which is like an old man dad thing, I guess, right? Maybe. You know? Do as I say. Not as I do. do. Like, for real. Yeah. Because I said so. All that jazz. But, like, he's, like, 70 or whatever, right? Yeah. 60-something. I think Boba Fett's 70. Doesn't matter. He's older. And I don't know if that's why he's being a hypocrite, but I think he totally is. He is. The day before. Maybe. Maybe half a day before. He was on top of somebody's strength. His... I want to say somebody, his cousin on top of his cousin, strangling him to death with his bare hands. And then he shot his dead body. And I bet you that body looked a lot worse than Alan Haber did. Yeah. He got shot in the head three times and thrice in the chest and strangled. So (laughs) hypocrite stamped cut to the GAG HQ on Coruscant. I tried to make that like a letter thing. I couldn't think of a good one. Oh, uh, okay. Anyways, Ben is looking for Jason. Shibu is looking for Aelin's body. Well, they can't seem to help each other, so Shibu just sends Ben home. If only the two of them could put their brains together, they would figure out Jason's probably missing with the body. Yeah. Either way, they don't. So Ben heads home. He thinks about how his mom did bad things as the Emperor's hand. But she's not a bad person. Because she had learned from her mistakes. Kind of like the what we were talking about just a minute ago with the parenting thing. Like, learn from my mistakes. Don't do my mistakes. Yeah. Watch, it, watch and learn. <laughs> Hold my beer. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe Jason can learn from his mistakes too. Maybe he's not a bad guy. Even though... A 13-year-old little cousin watched you murk a lady with, <laughs> with the force. I mean, it's bad news. Um, so Ben decides he's going to wait in the temple archives. Mom and dad are in the council meeting, of course, because they're very important Jedi. Yes, they are. V-I-J. You. I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> V-I-J. One more time. That's it. Never again. Okay. <laughs> he starts looking for info on Aelin Habur, but quickly, subconsciously, finds himself searching for information on Nalani and Brisha. Is this the force guiding him, do you think? 
in the Jedi Temple, in the archives of the Jedi Temple? Yeah, trying to... Because of his memory wipe. Well, because kind of the key to stopping... The key, the key to being positive about the darkness that how dark Jason has gone, is that is that memory. Yeah, is that he killed a Jedi in cold blood, chased like, her down dis- and killed decidedly her. killed her, and that's why I wonder if that's if this is the Force pushing him in that direction. Because remember when he was in the gym practicing with his lightsaber and he was talking about like being in the zone and how the, he would be able to feel the force influencing him more when he was in the zone. Yeah. This kind of thing right here where he's just, he's like kind of mindlessly thought, not, I don't want to say thoughtlessly, but mind numbingly searching for information where he slips into like this subconscious (laughs) state. And then all of a sudden he's looking for information on Nalani and Brisha because the force is trying to push him to, uncover that information as a reaction to the darkness that's coming from Jason solo. Like, yeah, maybe <laughs> now that I'm, now that I'm done saying all of those words in a row, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, I think you <laughs> but, made it a little too complicated. But I think I'm thinking, put a little too much into it. It's like when you're, it's like when you're watching YouTube videos and you just start clicking on the things based on the picture, I've not gone, the description. I've gone so deep into the conspiracy <laughs> videos right now. That's what it is. Yeah. This, the forced conspiracy. But I don't know. I wonder that because even even in in Anakin's time during Jesus 1.0, it's like there are forces. Oh God, <laughs> what an unfortunate word to use, given the capital F force that we have here. But like, there's always something pushing against Anakin going the right way, and you know what I mean. It's there's always something working against his favor in a negative direction where it sometimes could be uh, uh, interpreted as Palpatine's influence where he's out there slinging the dark side energy, doing whatever he wants to, to manipulate events. Right. That's, yeah. that's the whole freaking prequel trilogy. Um, and then I wonder if any of it's natural where like his natural weaknesses kind of, have, have the force influence him in a certain direction. Yeah. And whereas like Ben right here, where he's like, he's been studying up how to be a spy, studying up how to be a, how to be a good soldier. And like, a, a, a detective. Cause he's yeah, friends detective, with Shibu now. Thanks. Detective is exactly the word I want. Yeah. Cause he's friends with Shibu now. And so now when he gets into this like flow state, looking for information, the force starts pulling him in the positive detective directions. Like it, it's all, it's almost like you're talking like the dark side, Amplifies your negatives, and the light side would I don't know kind of you know like magnify it. You know what? A minute ago, when I said I've said too much about this and it doesn't make sense, now it's gotten worse. It, so we're still going. I'm though. gonna move on here. <laughs> Here's what he does decide. Ben decides he's gonna ask Jason what happened back at Bimiel next time he sees him. He's gonna ask him what happened with Nalani and Brisha. He said. Jason killing Aelin changes everything. Please, please go have this conversation in this book. Please go have this conversation in this book. Please give me that drama before we wrap up these last (laughs) few jobs. So he heads up to the meeting chambers to catch his mom and dad. And he hugs both his parents when they come out. And he asks his dad to go to lunch. And Luke instantly knows something is wrong. 
Ben would never ask me to go to lunch. What is wrong? Something terrible must be wrong. Ben says, I killed someone and I feel really bad about it. 13 years old, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm 31. I would also feel bad about it. I don't mean, I don't mean that. I just mean like it's assumed like yeah. that you're going to have to experience this emotionally. You're not going to have the, the rigid thought shoving down the whole bottle capping powers that you have when you're older. You're 13. <laughs> you, you must experience the emotions yes. before you learn how to shove them in the hole. But this is not a surprise. And it's even worded like a 13-year-old. Yeah. I, I kill, feel really I, bad. Yeah, I feel really bad about it. Chapter 22. We get another intro. Insert, excerpt, blurby blobber. And I'm going to read it to you. I regret to announce that the Karelian government has declined our offer of talks unless the Galactic Alliance undertakes to recognize the right of Karelia to maintain its own independent defense force and deterrence. As the Alliance is unable to accept a refusal to disarm, we are now in a state of war with Karelia and her allies. Chief of State Calo Mass, in a brief statement to the Senate. Officially at war now. The war is real now. On paper, it's there. Uh-oh. Yeah. This can only be... It's been going on for a while. This, just... can, <laughs> this can only be good for the stability of the galaxy, I think. Oh, yeah. Chapter 22 really starts. On the Millennium Falcon, headed back to Coronet. Han and Leia are trying to process the encounter they just had with Jason, and they're both freaking out in their own right. They can't wrap their heads around how different Jason is and feels. They chat their usual sarcastic, jokey undercurrent underneath everything. Even though they're both kind of in a tragic state right now, they're both heartbroken. But again, I want to bring up the point. Did Han Solo not just choke a man with his bare hands and shoot his dead body? Yeah. Yes, he did. And maybe the two things compounded together is just making it that much more overwhelming. But I don't want to overlook that because no. I find that wild hypocrisy. Well, but then again, frame it, I guess, from the perspective of what Han said was, you're not the Jason I know. Like, my Jason would never do that. And going back to all the other books... He's not wrong. No, he's a kind-hearted... But guess what? The Han Solo... Well, you know what, though? The Han Solo we know would do that. He would strangle a man and shoot him in cold blood. We've seen him do it in a cantina the very first time we ever saw the man. Yeah. Drops some coin for the mess and he moves on his way. (laughs) So maybe that's where it comes from. The other part that I mentioned where, like, you don't want your kid to have to do the bad stuff that you had to do, man. Anyways, that's not the point right now. I mean, it sort of is. But the two of them decide, hey, you know what? Boba Fett might not be a big problem compared to having a son who kills when he doesn't have to. I guess that's kind of what they landed on, huh? Didn't have to, I guess, because she was already arrested or something. or I don't know. I guess. 
I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try to find ways to make that make sense to me, but it's it's tough. Yeah. Cut to the Coronet spaceport in Karelia. Fed arrives at the spaceport to find Myrta waiting for him. She wants Aelin's body. And so does Boba. Myrta berates him again for abandoning his family. So Fett tells her a little bit about his life. A little bit about Boba's world. Starring Howie Mandel. <laughs> My dad was killed in front of me when I was 10. I was on the run for three years. I married Sintis at 16 because I thought I could make my life right by doing what normal people did, but I was wrong. I tried to be a journeyman protector, but I killed a superior officer, and I was jailed and exiled from Concord Dawn. And that was the end of trying to be a regular man. After that, I settled on being Boba Fett because I just didn't know how to do anything else. Here's a question. How many people do you think he's ever told his life story to? Uh, probably one. I would bet zero. I was gonna say <laughs> I would. It's one of those two numbers, yeah. guaranteed. It's either zero or it's one. And the only person I could think that he might have told is back when he was sixteen to his wife. Yeah, yeah. Being, being the romantic teenager. But then all, all, all the rest of it after. Maybe she doesn't even know that he got exiled. Maybe that's why they think that he he abandoned them. Yeah. They don't know what happened with this superior officer that he had to kill. And I, I trust Boba Fett as a man of integrity. Yeah. He doesn't seem to kill for no reason, right? That's what we've been been told this whole book here. He doesn't kill for no reason. So there must have been a reason. And I bet you he had to abandon his family without telling them to save their lives. Blah, 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 blah. 50 years later, your daughter's dead and your granddaughter wants to kill you. That's just how it goes. But, you know, the mega trauma at age 10 plays out throughout his life in a very believable way. 10 years old in the sand. Your dad's head also in the sand and his head (laughs) rolls up next to you. Literally up to your feet (laughs) in a very cinematic way, if you will, (laughs) but cinematic. I like it. You know, that's, I mean, that's like, it it makes sense the way that picks it up. It makes sense the way that that trauma works out where like he can't connect to anybody, man, all his life. Now he's 71 he just found out he has a granddaughter when his daughter died. Big, big traumatic moment again. Big shocker the moment. But he still can't do it right. You know what I mean? He still didn't connect with her. He walked away from her. Yep. He offers Myrta the million for killing Thraken in an effort to get rid of her. Again, not connecting. Too hurt right now specifically, I think. She tells him to shove it. And again, Fett thinks... I like her after she tells me to shove it, take that. She I think she says something more along the lines of you can put that million dollars, you know, where, or yeah. whatever the hell, um, as this is just, he, he tells himself, he thinks to himself, I like her. And as he has, his defense mechanism has been popping up the whole time, right? All throughout the book when he's like, I like her, she's not bad, but you just need her for the job. Or, or you just need her to get to Aelin, or you just need her to get to whatever, right? To yeah. get Han Solo. Justifying why he wants her to stick around. Yeah. This time, his little pragmatic defense mechanism pops up, tells him, you only need her to find the clone, blah, blah, blah. And he shuts it down. Yeah. And he tells himself, no, I care about her. And 
I want a family. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Growth Effect. <laughs> the man is growing out of his trauma at age 71 after the death of his daughter. I don't know how, but they wait in silence for the Falcon. And when they arrive, Leia is all apologies, Kurt Cobain style, and Han is all, are you going to kill us? <laughs> Understandably so. Boba Fett drops some knowledge instead. Fett shook his head in slow, measured contempt. I don't have to punish anyone solo. Your son orders his own sister to fire on civilians and then suspends her from duty when he ref when she refuses. <laughs> no, I think I'll leave you to your happy family. I've got more pressing business. Ouch. He, yep. uh, that, you know what? How much that must freaking hurt right now to hear from your lifelong nemesis <laughs> who you're delivering his dead daughter to. He tells you, don't worry about it. Your life's a lot worse than mine. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even mad. That's how bad your life is about to be. I ain't even mad. Yeah. Not mad at Han, anyways. Han and Leia give Fett and Murta time alone with the body. And all of this made me cry. All of this. I was crying the whole time I was reading this. Murta hugs her mom's corpse and leaves her necklace in the on her body. Fett, of course, promptly takes the necklace, breaks it into pieces. Gives a piece to Myrta. Some for burying, some pieces for keeping. And the whole time, he's just reflecting on how he abandoned his family. He's so alone and dying. He failed to live up to his father in the most important way. The man, the only person he even cares about in the entire galaxy full of trillions of quadrillions of trillions of people. Yeah. One man, his dad, the only person he cares about. He let him down because he was not as... Anywhere near as good of a father as Django Fett was. And now, all he wants is a family. They take Aelin to Slave 1. Myrta says, let's go to Mandalore. And Fett says, okay. But Geonosis first, where I buried my dad. Family needs keeping together. Me? Balling. Yeah, this whole this whole thing. Grandpa, uh, it's it's this is this is awful. Balling. Boba Fett and Murta, their little grandpa and granddaughter, crying, quietly crying next to each other in the cockpit, as Boba thinks, this. They were family now. It was the worst possible way to forge a bond. But it was a bond, even if there was no affection. And for the first time in his life, it was one that Boba Fett would try to approach as a father himself. Not as a man constantly living in the past in search of one who would never return. This is some heart-wrenching growth, man. Boba Fett's crying. About three, two, one, applause break for Karen. Applause yes. break for Karen. She made me and Boba Fett cry. That's outrageous. I mean, I cried at everything. I don't know about Boba Fett, but... Damn, man. Finally, his his book-long journey of deciding, do I want to keep looking out for myself, or how do I want to have a legacy, and what do I want to do? Well, I'm going to go back to Mandalore and build it. 
That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go bury my daughter with my dad because we're family. And now I'm going to be family guy. And be in going back to Lynn Mandalore, being a leader, like actually being Mandalore. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's a big step. Big it's character a, development. Yeah. Like that's big writing stuff. Chapter 23. Our final intro, insert, excerpt, blurbity, blurbity, schwam, 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 schwam. And I'll read it to you. He will strengthen himself through sacrifice. He will ruin those who deny justice. He will immortalize his love. Prophecy of the Sith foretold in Tassel Artifact. We're back to the tassels. We haven't seen these tassels in a while. This fancy beadwork. But here it comes back. Just a quick reminder of Jason's destiny. (laughs) The sacrifice. He's making sacrifices all along the way. We've seen... uh, You know, his Uncle Luke doubt him. His his Aunt Mara question him. His his cousin... Heartbroken. (laughs) Seeing him do terrible things. His own parents shut the door on him. His sister won't listen to him or talk to him. He's made all the sacrifices. He's pretty much cut himself off from his entire family. Well, I wonder if he realizes what his, his, as far as I'm concerned, what his true sacrifice is, and that would be his humanity? Well, maybe. maybe. I wonder if he, he's obviously not realizing And that. then the other part of that, too, where uh, he will ruin those who deny justice. Yeah, that's an aggressive word. Very harsh. Is he going to ruin Jaina? Ruin. She just denied justice. He court-martialed her. Grounded her ass. Yeah. She can't fly. Missions. That's all she wants to do. Clip that bird's wings. Yeah. Ruined. But what does it mean to immortalize his love? And the chapter really starts Carbonate. in Lumaya's safe house. On Galactic City. Jason wants to consult Lumaya about his bad dreams. Now they're changing. He's still crying with weapons in his hand, but it's a different weapon now sometimes. Same crying, different weapons. Lumaya tells him, probably just dreams, not visions. Wait. Did she not say exactly the opposite thing last time they talked about it? She sure did. Yeah. He said, I'm having bad dreams. And she said... You should watch your dreams. They might be visions. Now he comes to her telling her, I think I'm having visions. No, they're definitely just dreams. Here's a question. Is she purposely trying to be confusing and trying to be misleading? Because I cannot honestly understand the line between where she's trying to help this guy and what her real intentions are. Yeah. Because sometimes I question it, man. Like, Sometimes I do wonder if she is just in it to ruin Luke Skywalker. I don't know. I don't trust her 100% though. It'd be nice to get one of those little inside her head thought things. Maybe we will. Yeah, maybe we'll get a chapter or so from her perspective eventually. I doubt it. Yeah. But what has she been up to? We never know. Now we find out. She's been sitting on the floor doing a meditate with the beads. She fondled them. She says, you've done prophecies one and two, homie. (laughs) It's time for number three. She says, you have to kill what you love. She doesn't say 
he will immortalize his love. She says, you have to kill what you love. And then she refines it further to someone innocent. You have to kill someone innocent. Because there can be no pride in killing the innocent. Jason, of course, assumes he must have to kill Tenelka and Alana. Yeah. The two people who would be his only weakness in this path of the Sith, right? Where Vader's weakness was Padme. And instead of getting in his way on the path to the Sith, it got in his way on the path to the Jedi. Right? And it drove him down the path of the Sith. So now Jason's wondering, am I going to have to kill them? Even the thought of it, he says, is tearing him apart. But Jason, ever embracing his pain... He accepts it. Jason accepted the burden in its entirety and his heart, irrelevant, fragile, expendable, broke. Karen is breaking everyone's hearts on the way out here. Finish, wrap up these last few chapters, break everybody's hearts. Jason, his parents, Ben. Who else? Me. Boba Fett. Murta Gev slash Fett. Breaking all the hearts. He's now w- willing to kill his lover and daughter to bring peace to the galaxy. The one sacrifice that Vader could never make. And I think those are the kind of things that keep convincing Jason he's on the right path, right? Because he's making the right decisions? Because he's making the hard choice. He's not doing the easy thing. And that must make it easy to convince yourself that you're doing the right thing, you know? Yeah. Even if it's just preparing yourself to kill your own wife and daughter. (laughs) That's what a real man would do. (laughs) Cut to Slave 1 on route to Geonosis. Fett asks Myrta to hunt with him. He tells her he's dying. He tells her he's looking for a cure and her clone is the path. He wants to get Mandalore in order. He wants to make them even stronger and make them into something like a real connected culture. The Mandalorians are staying out of this war because... Because he had more pressing business. Because Jason Solo was becoming a pale imitation of his grandfather, Lord Vader, and would take on more than he had ever bargained for. And because Fett had a granddaughter now. Family and Mandalore came first. Good night, Dad. We're going home. And that's all for book two. Bloodlines. Next week, we'll be here with the wrap-up review of book two, Bloodlines. And start it up, fire it up with the preview of, you guessed it, book three, Legacy of the Force. We know our numbers. Tempest. We'll catch you next time. I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. We out. See you.
For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a J Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at J Plazer. Check us out.